This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hi and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Mark and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of the show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we'll talk a bit about alcoholism and what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. My name's Reuben, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share the experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve the common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any set, domination, politics, organisational institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as the sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one or three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think that sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with a obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease After having that first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we'll stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up that first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety, one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise helpless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery, as taught us how to enjoy life sober. 
Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Would our guest like to introduce themselves and give us a quick sketch of who you are? I guess my name is Ruben. I'm an alcoholic. Um, my sobriety date is February 2nd, 2015. So I've been rough sober roughly seven and a half years. Cool. And what do you do for a job, Ruben? Okay, basically I'm a postie. Um, so I deliver mail five days a week. And would you like to tell us about your family and where you're from? And um, how was your childhood? Okay, I'm a Wellingtonian, so I grew up in Wellington. I lived there till I was about 37, and then I moved down to Christchurch, and I've been here ever since. Um, my childhood wasn't particularly great as such. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic, and my mum mum was uh, having to deal with all of us, and so eventually what what happened is um, my dad stayed in Wellington and I moved out to Paitaroa in 1988. And then, yeah, the family just been keeping together from that point of time. Mm. So when did you start drinking and how did it progress? My drinking started when I was about 13. Um, I grew up in the days where, where sons and child was commonly sort of watched their parents and they started to pick up what they do and we started to follow them so and that's what I've done uh, when my dad owned a place in Wellington what happened was was I knew when my dad drank and I stuck into his room and I ended up having started off with having vodka and coke and that was only in very small amounts at that time because I was trying to hide the fact then eventually it got to the point where I was drinking like a flagon a night, a flagon at the time, and I was quite happy on that. So basically my drinking started off being curious about it, and that was just the same with smoking too, which is a, another same era. What did the drinking do for you? I did enjoy drinking. It got me, I felt happy on it, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a few good experiences with it. And how did you, how did you drink? Um, like alone or binge drinking, daily drinking? Um, when I first started drinking, I was a social drinker and I drank with, in social occasions, with a friend and someone else. And then, it, then I drank a little bit more with socially uh, to the point where I started to enjoy drinking alone. What point did you feel it was becoming a problem? To un to understand it is to understand my dad what my dad was doing. Uh, my dad, when I was drinking, and when I was with him, my dad acted as the barrier between alcoholism and me. And when I saw my dad drinking, that put up the wall, and then that helped me maintain control of my drinking. And that's how I kept enjoying it. Then when my dad went into uh, rest time care, or when he had his first had his accident, then that's when that barrier started to disappear. And then once that barrier started to disappear, then that's when alcoholism started to kick in. And this was about 31, 32 I was. 
What made you realize you needed help? Um, I realized I needed help. It was roughly 33. At the time, I was in a job where there was a lot of pressure. And I used alcohol at the time, or abused it, to a point where I needed to relax. And I was using it to a point where I had to um, be able to solve problems, clearly. Which clearly, that didn't work. And then I also realised I needed help when the hangovers was not on the first day, but it was on the second day. I started feeling sick. And how about, um, does it affect your relationships, employment, or even with the law? Did you have any problems? Uh, with my alcoholism, I was lucky enough to have, to stop it at a point where it was just beginning. So I didn't allow it to reach rock bottom. Um, because it got to a point where I was getting sicker and sicker and I knew what I said when I was a teenager that I wasn't going to be I chose not to be like my dad who he loved the drinking just to get worse and worse so I made like a third step decision to not be like my dad and at that time that moment kicked in when I was about 33, 34 how did you find your way to your first AA meeting? Okay, I I first off started, I went to counselling service first and I went to about five sessions with them. Um, he gave me like helps, he helped me with tips and things that would help me uh, control my drinking and that worked for a week. Unfortunately that, then after a week that didn't work and it just got back to how it was. I was lucky enough that the counsellor at the time was an AA member and when this per- this person had 30 years of sobriety then he suggested that I go to a meeting and so I went to my first meeting, I can't re- remember the date but it was a Thursday night and it was in Paitadoa on the corner of Willip- uh, Winley Street and McKillop Street there was a small church here so I went to that meeting how did you feel at the meeting and, and how did people at the meeting treat you? Oh, that meeting was, I felt nervous going there, but everyone was quite welcoming. They talked, they offered support, so everyone made me feel welcome. Do you want to tell us about how you've managed to stay sober? Um, okay. I had about three lapses, three lapses in between. Um, so the first was three months. Um, yeah, it was three months, I had a relapse. Then in three months' time, I had another relapse. And from that moment, I another member suggested that I go to a, um, a boys' night out. So it was a group of eight of us who went, who started off in Thorndon. We all had a talk. We all talked and got to know each other. Then we went into Wellington, Newtown. Then we all had dinner which was at a kebab place. It's quite nice too. Then from that point, we went to the Thursday night meeting, Tapi Taranga, which was a Thursday night, and then we all went back to Thorndon. And from that moment, I reached another time of four and a half months. But this time, it wasn't, that wasn't just a, that wasn't really a relapse. At that time, I had the question of, was 
I had so many thoughts of I was doing so well in my drinking because I could I was a work I was a functioning alcoholic as you can must well say. So I was able to go work but not at night. And I had so many questions of whether I was an alcoholic. And at four and a half months my high power, which I didn't quite understand at the time, had to send me out on a, another relapse. But it was a controlled relapse. So my higher power pulled me out of myself and gave me an outside look for myself and I physically had to see that I was an alcoholic. I could had to see the obsession, the craving to drink and, and everything else. And from that point, that's when my sobriety really began. Then I was a year, two years, three years and now seven and a half. Thanks for that. How would you describe yourself and your life you have today, sober? Um, being sober, I don't regret it. And this was a decision I wish I'd done so much sooner in life. Because if I'd done this so much sooner in life, like my teenage years, I would have um, done so many things earlier in life that I'm doing today. Like home ownership, I, I could have done that in my early 20s. Yeah, it's just... I regret not doing this sooner. Mm. And A is described as a spiritual program. What does spirituality mean to you? Um, during my life, I always felt that there was like a guardian angel watching over me, even when I was a kid. Um, even though I was kind of a wild child at the time, there was somebody watching over me. So, But spirituality... I don't know, I can't really explain it properly. Hmm, that's fine. And what would you suggest for, to any listeners um, who may think they have a drinking problem? For anyone who thinks they've got a drinking problem, um, I guess I guess what they should try is to try and stop drinking on their own and see how they go. If they have the strength to do it by themselves, then it will happen. But if they find that they can't, then there'll be other issues keeping you drinking. And that's what they need to address. Um, and that's what I found when I stopped drinking. There were issues that I didn't see that I didn't see I was doing wrong at the time and I needed AA to show me show that, that show it to me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, as but for anyone who who does think they've got a problem, if they don't have the strength to do them by itself, or they don't have a, or the counsellor can't do anything for them, then they might be an alcoholic. Yeah. Cool. Hey, look, thanks to um, Reuben for coming. Um, thanks so much for your coming and being on the show and sharing your story with us. That's cool. Thank you. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts on past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz 
or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You have been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.